You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. series that we've been we've been talking about prayer and and how do we pray and a lot of us know that we need to pray a lot of us understand that we should pray but you know the problem with so many of us is we just don't enjoy it and that's what we've been tackling uh during the series like if we're honest you know we some of us we just don't know where to start we don't know where to jump into and you know I, I felt the Lord just lay on my heart in this this season I felt like God just said Noah just teach them how to pray and as silly as that may sound, that's what I've been wanting to do um, over this prayer season. In fact, our theme verse has been from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says this, it says, pray in the spirit in every situation. Use every kind of prayer and request there is. In fact, let me say it to you this way this morning, that prayer shouldn't just be a church thing. You know, prayer shouldn't just be something that, uh, something that we do at church, but prayer is meant for your everyday life. And the Bible has a lot to say about prayer. The Bible has a ton to say. There's, different, there's literally different prayers in the Bible. There's different models in the Bible. And my job is to show you some different kind of prayers so that you can, my hope is that you would just get some fresh life to your prayer life, that I could just add some, some freshness into your prayer life. And so that's what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. I've been taking some different patterns and, and some different models of prayer. And I hope to give you another model today. In fact, if you missed the last couple of weeks, I tell you, this has been one of my favorite series we've done all year because I think it's so practical. In fact, the first week we talked about the names of God. Anybody remember some of those names, the names of God, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, there was, uh, there was, we talked about how our God is our, not just our provider, but he's our peace. He's our shepherd. He's, uh, he's, he's everything that we need. And we talked about how beautiful it can be to begin to pray through the names of God. You know, another thing uh, that we talked about, if you missed last week, we talked about the prayer of Jabez. How many of you put that into practice this week? Let me see a raise of hands. Anybody, anybody put that? Okay, several of you put it into practice this week. A beautiful, beautiful prayer that just talks about blessing, influence. It, it talks about how, it, it, it really talks about how uh, to lean into your spirit. And then, and then we talked about last week that when you lean into what God has for you, that the enemy attacks, and I don't know if you felt it. I, I felt it last week, everyone. The enemy, the enemy likes to attack, but we pray against that, and we say that we have power over the enemy because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. We talked a little bit about that last week, and it was a, it's a beautiful week. I'd encourage you, if you missed any of this series, it, this, these are just great resources for you to have. And, uh, but as we jump into today's topic, I was thinking about this. If, if I'm totally honest with you this morning, prayer so often is a discipline in my life. It's not something that maybe naturally comes to me. It's not something that uh, I, I wake up and, and just want to do every, every day. Prayer sometimes, I'm, there's sometimes in my prayer life where I'm like, man, I love to pray, but so often it's a discipline. It's not the easiest part of my life. And I think it has something to do with the way that maybe I grew up and experienced prayer. Because I don't know about you, but we've all probably had some very different experiences when we talk about prayer. You know, when, in fact, I think it's funny because when I invite people to a prayer service, a lot of people are like, well, what, what in the world is a prayer? What am I going to do at a prayer service? What, what does that look like? And because everyone's idea of prayer is so different. You know, I, I, I grew up in a very interesting household. This idea that when I was, when I moved, uh, when, when I was in sixth grade, we moved, and I, I went to a Lutheran school, um, and it, it was, we were, when I was growing up, before I moved, before I knew anything about really traditional church, we went to a non-denominational, charismatic type church, and so I always knew of prayer being kind of loud, and, and you know, like, and everybody was just, it was a charismatic type of thing, and then when I moved in the sixth grade, I remember we went to this, Luther, I went to this Lutheran school, and everything turned from this this loud praising to this very monotone. You know what I'm talking about? You ever have like some recited prayers? And, and, and can I tell you, I, I, I'm going to kind of make a joke out of it today. And, and, and I, I don't mean to do that because there are some beautiful things in, in some of those recited prayers. They're, like when you really recite those prayers and mean every bit of it, there's some very beautiful things that you say. But as a kid, 
It was just something that we did. And so every morning at school, we would recite a prayer. I, I thank you, my dear Lord, Heavenly Father, for keeping me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil. And we had this, we just had this recited prayer that we would pray over and over again. And I was like, is this prayer, is this really what it means to talk to God? And it didn't make a lot of sense to me because I didn't understand what I was saying. And because I didn't understand what I was saying, I was just reciting it. And there was no change in me on the inside. And so prayer became very awkward for me. And then on the other side of things, when you talk about the charismatic side of things, you have, how many of you have ever been a part of some type of like, like a prayer circle? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody been a part of a, you like circle up, circle up prayer. You love the circle prayer. And, and there's always someone leading that prayer that's like, hey, I'm going to lead this thing, and we're all going to pray. We're all going to pray this thing together. And I don't know, if you're like me, I'm in that, that prayer thinking, what in the world am I going to say? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like what am I going to say? Like, I, don't have a, I don't have a clue on what I'm going to say. And there, well, I'll pray, and then once I'm done, I'll squeeze your hand, right? You, you, ever, you remember? <laughs> and that's your cue, right, to pray? And if you're lucky like me, almost all the time, I'm, I'm like the last person in the circle. So every, it seems like everyone's praying, and they're using all my content, everyone. Like, <laughs> like they're going through all the content that I have to pray. And you've always, you know, there's, there's people out there who can just pray very beautiful prayers. And they can, uh, it, I mean, they can recite it in the King James Version. You know what I mean? And it's just like sometimes, it, they're, how am I supposed to follow that up, you know? And so you get to the end of the prayer. It, it, <laughs> I, I have been known to be in some prayer circles and, I, you know, I get the squeeze, and I just do a little squeeze, squeeze. You know, like, uh, <laughs> just, just pass it on a little bit. <laughs> like, like, y'all covered everything that I needed, right? I, I, you, you got me. You got me. So. But I share you those stories because, honestly, we've all been in different backgrounds of prayer. I mean, it's all looked very different for each and every one of us. And um, my hope is to just maybe debunk some of the myths of prayer and the uncomfortable parts of prayer. And, uh, and you might, maybe you just need some freshness to your prayer life. You know, I, I, I hope to give you uh, some of that today. Maybe you just need a new routine. Maybe you just need to mix it up a little bit. I don't know. Um, but I want to give you a, a new thought and a new pattern. That's what I've done every week. Now, can I tell you that this week, I almost talked myself out of this message. And uh, honestly, because this message is a bit deep for what I do on Sunday mornings. It, it, it is, it, it's on the deep end of the pool. But I, what I want to do today is I really want to show you something that I believe can revolutionize your prayer life. And this is a pattern of prayer that I, I call the prayer of Moses. And it's a beautiful pattern of prayer. But in order for you to understand this prayer, you need to understand a little bit of the background with Moses. Moses was this guy in the Old Testament that God raised up to free his people uh, from, from slavery in Egypt. And so Moses was raised up. He went to Pharaoh. You all know the 10 plagues. You're probably familiar with this from Sunday school. And in the end, he, Moses literally released about 4 million Hebrews out of slavery from Egypt. And God was going to take them to a place called the Promised Land. And the promised land is a journey that if you would take this, you could literally take the same journey that they took back in the day. If you would take that journey today on foot, it'd take you about a few weeks to get there. But Moses and his people, and if you know anything about the grumbling Israelites, you know that when they got into the wilderness, they started to grumble and complain. And a, and a, 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 a thing that would take a, just a few weeks, a few weeks to walk took them 40 years to ever get to the promised land. And, and when, they, when they get there, when they finally get to the promised land, God intended for them to build a temple, which was just a place where, God would wor where they would worship God and God would literally reside in this building in the temple. What you need to understand is that in the Old Testament, God dwelled in buildings. That's, what, that's who he was. He was a physical type God. But today in the New Testament, our good news is, is that God doesn't dwell in just one single building anymore. The good news about the, the New Testament is the fact that he dwells in us, that our God literally dwells in us. So that means that where, where we're at today, that today this building is not a sanctuary. 
Your body is the sanctuary. You are the sanctuary. You are the temple. In fact, when you read, there's, I love the parallels in the Old Testament compared to the New Testament. Because when you read the Old Testament, you see things like, uh, like God gave these laws to Moses that he wrote on stone tablets, right? And then God would dwell in a temple. He would dwell in a building. The good news about the New Testament is, is that now God writes, not, he doesn't write the laws on tablets anymore. He writes it on our hearts. And, he, and not only does he write it on our hearts, but he dwells inside of each and every one of us. And so that's the good news about the Old Testament versus the New Testament. But back in the day with Moses in the Old Testament, they, were, they had these plans to build this temple so that God could reside there. But while they're on this journey, um, they needed a portable church, so to say. <laughs> I mean, this is, they're, they're, they're looking for, they need somewhere for God to dwell before they can build a temple because they're, since they're on their way, they need a portable church. In fact, the Bible says that God moved cloud by day, fire by night. And so they literally needed some place for him to reside. And so that permanent home again would be called the temple, but they had this portable home for God. They, they had this portable place of worship called the tabernacle. And tabernacle, if you don't know much about what a tabernacle is, it basically it's just a tent. Tabernacle literally means, the word means tent, or it's basically a portable church. You know, we used to be like that back in the day. We were, we were a tabernacle type of church. We set up and tore down about three years ago in the Liberty Theater every week. We were a tabernacle church. By the way, shout out to all of those of you who were there for the tabernacle church times. Yeah, amen to that. That was, that was some, thank you for being faithful all the way back then. Yeah, but uh, they were, that's what they would do. They'd set up and they would tear down. And so because of that, I call this the prayer of Moses. Some people call this the tabernacle prayer because there's some steps when it comes to this. There's some steps when it comes to setting up the tabernacle. In fact, look at what uh, Exodus chapter 25, it says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. Which by the way, can I tell you, that's what God wants to do on the inside of you today. Remember everything in the Old Testament is physical and today is spiritual. God literally, this is his this is his will for your life. He wants to live inside of you today. He wants to get close to you. In fact, the, this verse goes on to say, you must build the tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern that I'll show you. And that's what I want to do today. I want to give you the pattern that they, that they would build this tabernacle. And I want to show you how beautiful this pattern can be for your prayer life. Because you can literally take these physical elements and you can apply it to your prayer life. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So in order to do that, I got to show you what it looked like. So I brought you this beautiful picture, everybody. Can you all, you all see this? This is what was called the tabernacle. This is, what, this is what they would build. This was their portable church. And the tabernacle was basically this big tent around the outside, this big tent with no top on it. And it had six major pieces of furniture that would go inside of it. And in the back part of this, you have this, this, this big tent with this, this other tent right here. It's not a, sorry, this is, this is a big tent. And the smaller back portion in the smaller tent, you had, uh, you had what was something in this tent was called the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, how many of you have ever seen a movie that maybe had like the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, all right. And uh, so it, honestly, they do a pretty good job at what that looks like. The Ark of the Covenant was, was there. And the Ark of the Covenant was literally the place where God would dwell. There was a place on the Ark of the Covenant called the mercy seat. And in the mercy seat, that's the place that God dwelled. And so what they would have to do in order to get to the place where God dwelled, they would have to take steps. And they'd have to take steps past each of these six major pieces of furniture to get to where God is. In fact, look at what Exodus chapter 33, it says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I want you just to take a moment and would you just stare at these yellow words for just a moment? Because honestly, this has been my prayer for you all week long. I just so believe that if you had a prayer life where God would speak to you, 
Can I tell you, prayer would be so much more than a habit for you. All of a sudden, I, I, I just believe that you would just begin, I just begin, you, I, I think you would just love it and just begin to pray more. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but God wants to speak to you. His desire is to speak to you. It's not just something he did in the tabernacle. He wants to do it with you today. He wants to speak to you. And you say, well, oh, Noah, that's just Old Testament type thinking. That's absolutely not. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but I've actually come to fulfill them. So you know what Jesus was saying? He's saying the law, even though the law may not be there anymore, the meaning behind it still is. It's still there. And I really do believe that with, with everything inside of me, that the law of the Old Testament still has meaning behind it for us today. And we can have fulfillment with it today. And so here's what I love to do. As your pastor, I love to take some things that may seem a little complicated and I love to just simplify. I, I, I just want to make it simple, everyone. We'll just put the cookies on the bottom shelf. You heard me say that before. Like, let's put the cookies on the bottom shelf. And so what I want to do is the first thing, I, I want to walk you through this tabernacle to show you some different ideas and, and a different pattern of prayer. So the first thing that they would do is they would come from the outside into, they would, they would start, obviously you'd start from the outside of the tent and you would have to walk into the inside of the tent. And as you would cross into the tent, you would come to this place called the outer court. And what would happen is at the, as they would come into the outer court, what they would do is they would give God thanks. And so as they would, as they would walk into this tent, they were praising God. They were thanking God for what, what God has done in their life. And can I say that this, is, this can be the same model of prayer for you today. That as you begin your prayer journey, as you, as you start prayer, what would happen if you began to give God thanks. So what would it mean? So, so I'm talking about before your to-do list, <laughs> you know? Like before you ever gave God anything, before you ever said, oh God, here's everything I need you to do today, right? This is, but before you ask him for any more, what would it look like if you would just thank him for the things that you already have? You know, I it was, we, we sang this song called Gratitude this morning. I don't know if the, the second song, if you want to, you want a good song to listen to during the week, you ought to pull up your Spotify and listen to gratitude. I was thinking about this word gratitude. You know, gratitude is one of the best emotions that you could ever have, especially towards your God. You know what gratitude does? Gratitude turns what you have into enough. It, it's, it, it literally says, God, everything that I have and everything, everything that you've given me, I don't need any more. You know, I, 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 I have something, but Lord, and gratitude is literally saying, Lord, if you never do another thing for me, what you've already done in my life is enough. That I, if you, if you would, if you'd never, if you, if you'd never heal me of this sickness, if you'd never give me any more, like, Lord, everything that you've given me by you just placing me here on this earth, Lord, everything that you've given me is absolutely enough. And can I just tell you, some of us, we start with God in the morning. We, we start with our prayer life with just our to-do list. And can I just tell you before, you, ever, before you ever give God another thing for him to do, what if you would just thank him first? And what if you would just, you know, and, and, and instead of starting with that to-do list, what would happen if we thanked him for the things that he's already done for us? In fact, Psalm 100, verse 4, literally says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so, Lord, before I ask you for anything, Lord, I'm going to spend the next few minutes and just thank you for everything that you've done in my life. And I think there's power to that in your prayer. And so that's where we're at. We enter into these outer courts, right, with thanksgiving. And once you do that, you come across this piece of furniture. I'll show it to you on the screen. It's called the brazen altar. And this altar is a place, it didn't look this clean, everyone. This, was, this altar was a place that always had dead animals and blood all over it. It was constantly burning with sacrifices. And here's the deal. The reason behind that is because anytime for, for your, any, let me say it this way. 
your, because of your sin, blood has to be spilt. Blood has to be spilt for the sins that are committed. And so what would happen here is they would, they would walk by this piece of furniture. They would walk by this burnt offering here. And they had to walk by this, this, this pile of dead animals and blood. And before you ever went to God, you were reminded that in order for you to get to God, something had to die for that to happen. Something had to die for that to happen. And so you say, well, okay, we don't sacrifice animals anymore. You didn't come into church and walk by the altar this morning. We don't do that anymore. What's the New Testament meaning behind this? Well, I think the New Testament meaning behind this is for us to just focus on the cross. That as we, as we enter, into, enter into his courts with, thanks and, uh, with, with praise and thanksgiving, and then as we walk past this altar, I think it's, it's good for us to remember that the only reason that you and I can even stand before God today, the only reason that we can communicate with him is because of the cross of Jesus Christ. That that's the only reason, that's the only thing that made a way. In fact, the cool thing about this is, is that the Bible says that not only can you go to God, but the Bible literally says that now because of the cross, that you can go confidently and boldly to his throne of grace. That, that, that it's because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so I'm just telling you, every day in my mind, when I get to, I, in fact, I taught this, the first day of prayer, the first day of prayer that we had here, I, I got the opportunity to lead the devotional. And I taught this, that every day when I walk, when I walk into my prayer life, I just think, I just picture the cross. And I just picture the cross, and I just see the horrible torture. I see Jesus bleeding and dying. In fact, Romans chapter 5, it says this. It says, when we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time. Aren't you thankful that when we were helpless, when we had no other hope, like the song we sang today, when there was no other hope, Christ died at just the right time, that he was there for us. And I'm just telling you that I think every single day, every day that as we walk into our prayer life, what, what would happen if we just stopped and just thanked him for the cross and just said, God, if you, wouldn't, if you did nothing else for me, God, thank you for the cross. It's because of the cross that I can even get close to you today. And, you know, I, I, I've literally done messages on, on the cross. There's, there's four big things that happen, four, four big wounds that happen on the cross. There was, there was the whip, there's the crown of thorns, there's the nail, and there's the spear. Four major wounds that, that Jesus took. And the, what's so beautiful about this Old Testament, New Testament relationship is that the fact that hundreds of years before Jesus would ever take any, any of that pain on the cross, Isaiah, the prophet, actually prophesied over it. In fact, Isaiah, in chapter 53, verse 5, he said, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was, he was crushed for our iniquities. You know what a you know what a transgression is? A transgression is literally a place where you went too far. So when Isaiah says that he was pierced for our transgressions, basically what he's saying is that he was pierced for all the places where you would cross the line. That he would literally, where was he pierced? Think about this for just a moment. He was pierced in his hands and his feet, right? And so Jesus would die on the cross for he would, take the, he would take the pain in his hands and feet for everywhere that you would go too far with your hands and feet. Think about the picture. It's just a beautiful picture. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. You know, iniquity is just who you are. It's, it's the evil that you have on the inside of you. It's the attitude that you have in your heart. And watch this. Here's what our God would do. Jesus would take the piercing in his side, literally, this is how he would die. They would, they, would, they would jab a spear into his side and crush his heart. And he would take that crushing in his heart for the crushing that you would experience in your heart. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. You know what that punishment was? It's the crown of thorns. Now think about that. that. That punishment was the crown of thorns. Where do you not have peace? 
It's right here, right? Our God, Jesus on the cross, he would take the pain in his brain so that we could experience peace. I'm telling you, it's just a beautiful picture. And, and, and wouldn't you agree that all the, all the pain and stress and turmoil, it's right here. Like it's right here in our brain. And so some of you, you came to church today and the, and the Bible says that he, he took the pain, he took the crown of thorns so that you can have peace in your life. And some of you aren't experiencing that peace, but he's already paid for it for you. Look at this last part. By his wounds, we're healed. And I think it goes beyond so much more than just physical healing. But I think it's good for us to remember that it's not just, it's not just physical. It's every place where we're diseased. Every place where, like in our relationships, in our marriage, in our life, in our emotions. I mean, that's, he, would, he would take this pain. Come on, somebody. This is the cross of Jesus Christ. This is who he is. This is what he did for you. And I'm just telling you, before you ever tell him about what's going on in the day and how I'm just in, down in the dumps and I just don't think I can make it out of bed this morning and all this stuff, what if you would just begin to thank him, pause and thank him for what he's already done, for the healing that he's already, he already took the punishment for it. You just have to receive it. And so every day, and here's something new that I've been doing. Um, in fact, I, I learned this from another pastor. They talked about, he talked about how he went through this, and he has a, a prayer playlist in the morning. And so as, as he goes through this prayer, literally the playlist is, is songs like we sang this morning, like, I, I give thanks for all that you've done. So we're, we're giving thanks. And then, and then it's songs about the cross. And so at this moment, in that, in that playlist of songs, I just, just thank you, Jesus. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. You know, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, what if you would stop and think about the cross? And so once you'd pass that, once you'd pass the, literally the pile of blood and dead things, here's what would happen. You would go past this, which was called the laver. And it's just, this is just a bowl of water made out of mirrors. And it had mirrors on the bottom because the idea of it was that when you would, you would literally have to come and wash yourself. Before you could get into the presence of God, you'd have to clean yourself. And so you would start with each part of your body and you would just, you would just clean it so that it would be holy in the presence of God. And you say, well, well what's that? You know, what, what, what is this for me today? Well, the labor really symbolizes this for us today, that we offer every part of our life to God. We offer every part of our body. And so you say, well, Noah, what does that mean? Well, practically, I, I would just say in the morning or whenever you, whenever you walk through this prayer, I just say practically, I would I'd just start with your head and work, for, work down. I mean, and just say, God, I, we talked about our brain, right? God, I thank you that you're going to help me think about things that are lovely, pure, excellent, that, that are worthy. And not just my brain, but you can go to, well, I, what, God, I thank you for my eyes, and God, you're going to let me see the things that you see. And God, I commit to you today that I'm not going to look at things that are, that, are, that are not pleasing to you. And I just commit my eyes, I commit my ears to you. That everything that I listen to, and let, me tune in, let me tune in to your voice and tune out the world. And so God, thank you for my ears. And Lord, when I get to my mouth, Lord... This is what gets me in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Lord, don't let me talk too much. And Lord, help me, to, help me to speak things that build your people up and not tear them down. Like, Lord, let me, let me to speak the right things. Lord, my hands. I just thank you for my hands. Lord, I thank you that you're going to anoint everything that I do with my hands today. Lord, help them to reach people who are in need. Help them, let, me, let me help those who need you the most. And Lord, my feet, as I go anywhere, Lord, I pray that every step is ordained by you today. That God, every step that I take, Lord, you're right there with me. You go ahead of me and you're behind me. You're on each side of me. God, I thank you that every step that I take is God honoring. And what, what if you would just pray through, just say, Lord, I have everything that I have. I give it to you today. I give it to you today. Look at what Romans 
chapter 12. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual, this is your act of worship, everyone. I'm going to offer everything that I have. Listen, God doesn't want dead animals anymore. <laughs> He's done with the dead animals. He wants you. He wants you. You are the sacrifice. And so we offer ourselves. We offer everything that we have. And now that we've done that, now that we've washed ourselves clean, now that we've reflected in this bowl of water, we get, we get to go to the small tent, everyone. This is, where it gets, this is where it gets good. We get to, in the small tent that had four pieces of furniture in it, the first piece that you would walk by is this candlestick. This was just a classic, uh, if you look at like a Jewish candelabra, they still use the this, this same idea today, this candlestick. And the candlestick, the flame on this candlestick, of course it's fire, but it also, it just, it represents fire, anointing, it represents spiritual gifts. It represents the gifts that God has given you. And really what it represents is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so as you, as you walk by this candlestick, you're just reminded of the Spirit of God that's living inside of you. And so what if you would just say every morning, Holy Spirit, stir me. I mean, just, just be with me, Holy Spirit. Like, listen, I, as your pastor, I have some gifts. I, I, it, but every day, I have to offer myself to the Lord, and I just say, Lord, would you just stir my gifts up today? Lord, I, I, I'm trying to teach and preach. Lord, would you just stir, Holy Spirit, won't you just stir those gifts in my life? Stir it up with me. And God, I'm trying to lead this church. But God, I, I, the, I, I've never done this before. And so, Holy Spirit, I have to have you work in my life. I need you to stir it up in my life. Holy Spirit, just give me the wisdom that I need. And you know, some of you, you, you business owners, some of you all need to wake up and say, Holy Spirit, show me how to lead my people. Show me how to lead my company. Holy Spirit, just stir on the inside of me. Students, we're getting ready to go back to school. Some of you students just need to say, God, give me answers to the test that I didn't study for. Like, stir, stir on the inside of me, right? Like, do a work on me. But seriously, I want, I want the work of the Holy Spirit. I want it inside of me. Second Timothy says this. It says, this is why I re remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. And can I tell you, every one of you, whether you know it or not, whether you use it or not, you have a gift on the inside of you. God has given you a spiritual gift and your life may just, you might just feel like you're just living a dormant life and you're just, you're just going to work and you're paying your bills. You're going to work, you're paying your bills. You're going back and forth. But what if you would wake up and say, Holy Spirit, do a work on the inside. Fan me into flame. I mean, this is kind of what, like what I'm trying to do today, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying, I'm just getting my, I'm getting the biggest fan out that I can find, everyone. Like church, this is what this is. I'm, I'm just trying, and I'm, I'm just blowing, like, I'm just blowing on you today. Like I'm just trying to say, wake up, church. Holy Spirit, work on the inside of me. I'm just trying to stir you up a little bit today, because you can, you can come every Sunday. I, I, I see some of y'all. Some of y'all, you come in every Sunday, and your fire, it's not even a fire. It's just some little embers that are left. And, I, and when we sing songs like we did today, it's just the Holy Spirit just stirring you up. It's like taking a big fan to that. It's just come alive on the inside. Stir me up. You say, well, why? Why? Well, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love. This says self-discipline. There's another one that says sound mind. That he's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Listen, you can live a different life. Holy Spirit. Some of y'all just need to wake up and say, Holy Spirit, help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better spouse. Holy Spirit, help me to be a better father or mother. Lord, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me to be just, <laughs> some of y'all, I just need to be a better person today, you know, like, all the way around. But just stir on the inside, just stir the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So once you go past this candlestick, there's this little room 
with something called the table of showbread. How many of you have you have you ever been anywhere where someone's made some fresh bread? You know what I'm talking about? You know the smell that I'm talking about? It's like y'all just don't you just want to like find a stick of butter and just like sit down and just like enjoy the rest of the day, you know? <laughs> and that's that, that that's what this there was there this was this idea I joke about it, but the, here's the idea behind it. This table of showbread was you claim the promises in God's word. And so here's what you do. You just, what, what, what if I stop this? I, what I want to talk to you about today is this would be a great point in your prayer life to stop and just grab your Bible. Because you know the Bible is literally nicknamed the bread of life. Find some promises in God's word. Look at what Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I just say it this way. You eat every day. And if you're like me, multiple times a day, more than I need. <laughs> we eat every day. But in the same way spiritually, can I just tell you, you need to eat every day. And don't skip a meal. Like, like, like even, can I just encourage you, even if it's one verse, a single verse, I'm just asking you, like one single verse, it's better than none. Like at least get that crazy or whatever, you know, like uh, you need it. You need every bit of it. And every day, what if you would feed on God's word and just submit to his word? And say, God, I'm going to live my life according to your word. And I will live by your standard, by what your word says. And your word will be my light. You know, the scripture says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so, Lord, for me to even see where I'm going, I need to take a moment. What if you would just take a moment in your prayer time? Just open up the word. And just say, Lord, lead me, guide me. Lord, your word, it will be my standard. Now, I've led you up to, this is one of the last pieces. You ready? It's one of the last pieces. We've got, we got two more pieces. But this is a beautiful piece. It's the altar of incense. Here's what it looked like. Beautiful little, I drew this myself, everyone. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, you don't have to laugh. You know. <laughs> the altar of incense. Beautiful little piece here. And uh, this is just a little square altar that on the inside of it, they would, they would burn some incense. And so it was meant so that this tent, when you walked into this tent, this tent was smelling like the Bath and Body Works. You know what I mean? Like you walk by Bath and Body Works, you just like, there, there's this unique smell, ain't it? Yeah. And, uh, but this was just give off this beautiful scent. And you know, you know what incense is to God? You know, I can show you 30 different verses from the Old Testament to the New Testament on what incense means to God. But what incense really is, the Bible shows us that incense is worship. It's just worship. Like, take a look if you're, take, if you're my note takers. The altar of incense is just about worshiping God's name. It's worshiping Him. And can I tell you that worship is different than praise. You know, we, that's, we, we do this every Sunday where we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And so we sing, a, we sing a song, thanking God. Most of the time it's, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. And so, so but worship is so much different because praise to God, when you praise him, you praise him for what He's done in you for what, what, he's, what, he, what he did. But when you worship him, you worship him just solely based on who he is. That God, you didn't have to do a thing for me, but God, I thank you for who you are. And worship is just saying, Lord, you're worthy. Lord, of everything that I have, Lord, you're just, you're worthy of it. Look at what Psalm 95, it says, come, let us bow down and worship and for some of y'all this might just be your cue that at the at the end of your prayer i like it it is a it might be a time to kneel for you and literally let's let's bow down and worship let us kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god and we are his people of, of the of his pasture we're the flock under his care 
You know, I heard it said like this. Uh, I heard a, heard a pastor say this one time. He said, a man on his face has nowhere to fall. And I just think that Lord, literally when we, when we take that position and when we say, Lord, we, you don't have to do anything in my life, but Lord, you're still worthy of all of my worship. And I just, and I just think every day, it's just a good reminder, Lord, I just worship you. And you know, a, a person's worth is found in their name. And I preached to you the first week of this series about the names of God. And so as you worship, this is just a good time to call out those names of God. Say, God, thank you for being my provider and my shepherd. Lord, thank you for, for protecting me. Lord, thank you. And, and look at what Proverbs 18, it says, the name, the name of the Lord. It's a strong tower. And look at a church, the righteous, we... We run into it. <laughs> and because of the name of the Lord, because, Lord, you're my provider, Lord, because you're my shepherd, Lord, because you're my great defender, Lord, I will worship your name. I worship your name, Lord. I run into your name, and I'm safe. So just a little recap. We enter with thanksgiving. And we just say, thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done in my life. And as we take our next steps, we, we, we say, Lord, clean me up, right? <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to clean every, every part of me, Lord. And then we say, Lord, I want the work of God. I want the Holy Spirit to stir on the inside of me. And then, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And then we, then we worship his name. And we just say, Lord, you're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of all the glory, Lord. No matter what you've ever done in my life, Lord, you're still worthy of it. And finally, here's, here's where, it's a big part, everyone. This is it. Because this is where you get to the Ark of the Covenant right here. And this was a, this was, this Ark had these two angels, literally, that were, that were facing each other, that were bowing towards the center of, of what the center here was called the mercy seat. And this is literally where God would dwell by fire or by cloud. And when you get there, you say, well, Pastor Noah, now that I'm in God's presence, what am I supposed to do? Well, the good thing is the Bible's very clear about it. And what you may not have noticed is that throughout all these different pieces of furniture, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but you've already took care of yourself. Every piece. Every piece. And now God's working on the inside of you and now you have a job to do. In fact, the Ark of the Covenant was this idea to intercede for others. And what you would literally do is just make your case to God on behalf of someone else. And can I just, can I just tell you that as your pastor, this is what I try to do for you every day. That, Lord, I'm not, I'm not walking in their shoes but Lord, I literally yesterday, and, and Tyler, if you missed prayer yesterday, Tyler did such a beautiful job leading prayer yesterday. We prayed for you today. We prayed that every distraction from you coming into this place would leave today so that you would be here. We prayed on behalf of your family. We literally, we stood here yesterday. I mean, our church prayed, I prayed for you. And I just said, God, on, on behalf of your people and God, on behalf of your church, God, I'm interceding. And Lord, I'm, I'm begging you to just, Lord, would you just save their marriages? Lord, would you bring their kids home? Lord, would you just, would you help their finances? Lord, would you just give them, would you make them healthy? Lord, I just pray for fresh ideas. Lord, I pray for new commitments. We just, we prayed for your church. We just, we prayed for your job, for your emotions, for everything that you have in front of you. Lord, we just, intercede on behalf of the church and when you get in God's presence look at first Timothy it says I urge you then first of all that petitions prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people that we're we're making it for everyone look at it. this verse goes on to say for kings and for those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives and all godliness and holiness. And so I get to this point in my prayer every day. And I just, I think, <laughs> and some of y'all, 
it's hard to thank God for some of our leaders. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we get frustrated and sometimes we just don't like, God, I don't even know if you can help. I don't even know. Sometimes I, sometimes I watch, I'm watching too much of the news and I just think, God, I don't even know if you can help anymore. Like what, what is left to help? But this is a great point to just say, Lord, I submit to everyone in authority over me. And Lord, I pray for our president. Lord, I pray for our Congress. I pray for our Supreme Court. And Lord, even though I might not like the governor, I still pray for him every day, you know, like, and Lord, I pray. And, and then I just, I pray for our, I, I pray for our church because not only do I have authority, governmental authority over, over me, but I have, I have church authority over me. And so Lord, I pray for, I pray for our overseers of the church. Lord, I pray for our board members. Lord, I pray for our staff members that we all, that we would keep each other accountable and that we would just do your work. And Lord, I pray for our church. I, I, pray, I, I pray mom and dad are my authority. I pray for mom and dad. I'm under the authority of my parents. I pray for my authority. And I intercede on behalf of others. And I give you this because I would just love for you to try it. And I just think if you, <laughs> if you need something more than a monotone prayer, everyone, or if you need more something more than just a prayer circle, if you're trying to think, maybe I've given you some content for your prayer circle, everyone. I don't know. But I'd love for you to try this. And listen, and you don't have to understand Moses. You don't have to understand the table of showbread. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to understand any of the pieces of furniture. You just need the six phrases. And I hope I've given you six phrases today. And I just believe that when you pray through these, God will meet you there. Why? Why? It, it, listen, it's our rally cry around here. In fact, I, I just I want to want to leave you with this: that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That everything that we do, the first thing that we do, is we turn to God. We say, Lord, we can't do it without you. And I just, I just know that for, for our church, we're going to be a God-honoring, spirit-filled church. Can I tell you, we need to know how to pray, everyone. And prayer, I, just, I, just, I think this is one of the most important seasons our church can be in every year. So thanks for participating. I hope you all get anything from this this morning. All right, all right. I hope you got something. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for everything that you've done in our life. Lord, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. Lord, we honor you and we worship you. And God, we thank you for everything that you've done. Lord, if you never did anything else for us, Lord, you, you've done enough. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, right now, we remember the cross of Jesus. Lord, it's because of the cross that we can stand here today. Lord, it's because of the cross that we can have freedom in our life. And so, Lord, I pray on behalf of every person in this room, Lord, the freedom that they need, whether it's from their head to their toes, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, I pray that anxiety would begin to leave right now in Jesus' mighty name, that, Lord, you're doing a work on the inside of each and every one of us. Lord, thank you for forgiving us and taking the nails in your hands and feet for everywhere that we would go that we shouldn't go. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness there. Lord, thank you for healing our broken hearts right now. Lord, you're heal I just believe, Lord, you're healing hearts right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that every part of us, Lord, we come today to church and we wash every part of us. Lord, we wash our hands, we wash our eyes, we wash our ears, Lord. We say, Lord, you can have everything that we have. Lord, would you just, would you, let, would you clean us, would you cleanse us so that we can go into your presence? And Father, as we walk into that, as we walk into that small tent, as we approach your throne, Lord, help us to remember how good you are. And Lord, fan us with the flame of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray right now in this room that you would stir spiritual gifts on the inside of every person in this place. Lord, stir them up. Lord, let your Holy Spirit be with them. Lord, give them ideas, fresh ideas, Lord. Lord, give them everything that they need to serve you and to glorify you. And Lord, we, we, we open your word. And Lord, we respect your word. And Lord, Lord, we say that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We thank you for your word, Lord. We love your word. We honor your word. Lord, we thank you that in your word has everything that we need. Lord, we take it as the bread of life for us today. And Lord, as we approach your throne, we say that you're worthy and that you're holy. 
And Lord, we run to your name because Lord, your name is a strong tower to us. And so Lord, when we're afraid, Lord, we worship and we hollow your name. And Lord, today, as we approach your throne, as we are close to you in your presence, Lord, I intercede on behalf of our church. And Lord, I just, I, I, I thank you for every person here. And Lord, I thank you that there's, there's, there's no devil in hell that could stand against our church and our people. And Lord, I thank you that you're protecting them and that you're watching over them. And God, I thank you that you're healing them. And God, I thank you that, that addiction has to bow at the name of Jesus. That Lord, right now in your presence, Lord, any evil that we may face today, Lord, it has to bow. Lord, relationship issues, Lord, financial issues. Lord, I pray on behalf of our church that it has to bow at your name, Lord. I just pray for a fresh fire and a fresh spirit on the inside of each and every one of us. Lord, would you make us new? Lord, would you purify us in your presence? Lord, we honor you and we love you today. Lord, I thank you for the work that you're doing in us today in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this place today, you've never surrendered your life over to Jesus, I'll give you that opportunity super quick here. If you're in this place, you wanna surrender over to Jesus, would you just pray this prayer? In fact, church, because we all believe it, pray this with me, say this, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this, say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Would you get up for all the people and pray that prayer?